Well, if you can't preach after a song service like that, you're just not called, and you might as well quit. Amen? <laughs> Amen. The first Sunday that we were here, we, we got in the car, and Joyce said, Wow, don't you like, don't you like Kent's enthusiasm? I said, Yeah, he, he's a little off the bubble like I am, and that's why I love him so much. <laughs> For those of you visiting, I'm L.D. Campbell. I used to preach at a church down the road, and uh, someone, <laughs> someone asked me this week, if, was, have I now become an associate pastor at Burlington Baptist Church? And I said, no, I just show up from time to time to preach. And uh, again, I, I thank Nick for the invitation uh, to be your preacher today, and I'm honored. I really am. Uh, I love to preach so much that if the Lord hadn't called me, I'd have volunteered anyway. And uh, I'd almost pay somebody to let me preach. And there was a while the last few months I thought I was going to have to, but thank God the Baptist came through. And so, so here I am. <laughs> Let's pray. Now, Father, pour through me the gift of preaching. Take these human words and use them to speak to us today and give each of us just the message you want us to hear because we pray to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen. Did you hear the story about the parents who had an agreement with their teenage daughter? She could not car date until she was 16 years old. Well, she turned 16 and uh, she could car date. Well, the parents were very anxious because they had never met the boy. And then when they answered the door that night, their fears went over the top. There he stood, many years older than her, tattooed from head to toe, pierced in several places in his face. The parents pulled her aside and said, Honey, honey, we aren't sure that this is the right kind of guy for you. Well, what do you mean, Mom? What do you mean? Well, honey, look at him. He don't even look nice. Mom, Dad, if he wasn't nice, would he be doing 5,000 hours of community service? Boys like that have answered my door, too. <laughs> who can say who's good enough? Who can say they're always good enough? God can, and God does. God says, I'm as good as it gets, because I'm good all the time. And the world out there needs to know that God is good all the time. But it has to start in here. It has to start with the church. God wants us to know that he's good all the time. So let's start with this. God makes everything that's good. God makes everything that's good. The Bible affirms that if anything is authentically good, it comes from God. If it comes from God, it's good. And the Psalms are just filled with what? the goodness of God. Look at Psalm 31. How great is your, what's the word? Goodness that you have stored up for those who fear you and accomplished in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge in you. 
Psalm 62, two, 16, two. The Lord says, you are my, or I said to the Lord, you are my Lord, and I have no, what's the word? Good beside you. Now, when your babies were little, you taught them to say, God is great, God is good, and we thank him for our food. God is good, and God is great. Those two statements are the foundation of the goodness of God. God is good, and God is great. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, our hope is that God is good all the time. Now, God never has a bad day. And over and over and over, the Bible affirms that we can count on the goodness of God. Now, you've already done it, but uh, black churches have a custom that you've already done. And I love it. I had a friend, I met a friend in a restaurant yesterday, this week, and he said he had worshipped in a black church, and they did this, and he said they really know how to do it. Now, I know you're a white church, and you know Baptists are like Christian church people. You know, we don't get very excited, you know. We just sort of sit there, you know, dead. Now, when we, you know, when we worship, I did do this. We don't, you know, you, the, don't tell them I did that at first church, you know. <laughs> you know, you, you heard the story about this burglar who was robbing a couple and he pointed a gun at him and he said I don't care if you are from the Christian church I said raise your hands (laughs) (laughs) all right let's do it God is good all the time time. do it again God is good all the time time. so God is good all the time. And if we don't see the goodness of God, we don't see God. Exodus 33 records that tragic event where the people of God made the golden calf, and God is really ticked. And God says, Moses, I'm going to destroy all of them. And Moses goes upon the mountain to try to persuade God not to destroy his people and not to withdraw from his people. And God said, all right, Moses, I won't do it because you asked me. And then Moses decides to go for it. Moses says to God, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make my, all my goodness pass before you, and you will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. If you don't see God's goodness... You don't see God. So God makes everything that's good. God also makes good out of nothing. God makes good out of nothing. One of the first things that we learn about God is that God is good and he makes good out of nothing. In Genesis, the first chapters, we learn two truths about God. The first one is that God has creative power. He speaks, boom, there it is, light, boom. Water, boom, there it is. And then the second thing we learn, we learn about God's goodness. When God does something good, his goodness is behind it. He puts the lights in the sky, that's good. He separates the water from the land, that's good. He puts the birds in the air, good. Puts the fishes in the sea, good. Green things grow out of the ground, good. 
animals in the fields and in the forest? Good. And then God creates Eve. And he brings her to Adam. And Adam looks at her. And Adam says, wow, God, this is very good. Wow, wow. Or something like that in Hebrew. (laughs) Anything that God has made, he has that good stamp of approval on it. Now, even though our creation is marred by sin, The creation out there still gives testimony to the goodness of God. Folks, the creation communicates and declares God's unchanging goodness. Look at this in Acts 14. Yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. See, we are to enjoy the wonders of God's creation. Now, I know I'm prejudiced. This week, our family celebrated the 44th year of our coming to Boone County. Can't imagine living anywhere else. The Commonwealth of Kentucky, to me, is one of the most beautiful places in the world. She lifts her head in the lofty mountains of eastern Kentucky cools her feet in the mighty Mississippi, and across her breast, thoroughbreds graze on bluegrass. And then in 1903, God said, Today, today, I am going to make the most historic and the best basketball program in the world. (laughs) Poof! Wildcats! God is good. (laughs) Some seasons he's better than others. (laughs) And when I drive across the commonwealth, when I go to preach in little mountain churches in eastern Kentucky, when I go to the flatlands and preach, it is a witness. It is a witness. That creation is a witness to the goodness of God. God's creation declares the testimony of his goodness. And every day we witness his goodness. And you know what? A lot of times we ignore it and we don't give him credit for it. And then when something bad happens in our life, we go whining to God. Well, why did you let that bad thing happen to me? Why, 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 why? And God would be justified in saying, why do you ignore my goodness day after day and you never thank me for it? Why do you do that? God has surrounded us with good things. So we should acknowledge that God made them, and we should thank Him for them and enjoy them. Look what Paul says in Timothy. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Now I have one problem with that verse. No matter how much I pray over green pepper, it makes me sick. It still makes me sick. Reminds me of something that happened to Dr. Harry Ironside, the famous preacher at Moody Church in Chicago. He went into a restaurant to get something to eat. It was very crowded. He got his plate and he found a seat. And a man came over to the table and he said, Can I have a seat? The places are full. And Dr. Ironside said, Well, sure, sit, 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 sit down. 
Well, he sat down across from Dr. Ironside, and Dr. Ironside bowed his head, and, and in a few minutes, the man said, Sir, sir, are you sick? No. Well, is there something wrong with your food? No. Well, I noticed you bowed your head, and you stared at your plate. Well, I was just saying a prayer before my meal, as I always do. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. <laughs> you're one of those. I don't pray. I earn my food by the sweat of my brow, and I just sit down, and I dig in. Dr. Hyde said, well, sir, you're just like my dog. That's what he does, too. <laughs> Nobody should enjoy creation more than Christians. And nobody should protect creation more than Christians because we know who created it, right? God is good all the time. Well, you may get it before the end of the service. God makes everything that's good. God makes good out of nothing. And just as God is good at creation, God is good at re creation. Because God makes good out of sinners. God makes good out of sinners. Now, this is one of the reasons why Jesus spent so much time with sinners. Because he knew he could make good out of them. Now, a lot of us think that God was in a bad mood in the Old Testament. And then Jesus came along and God mellowed out. It's like one little girl said in Sunday school, when Jesus came along, God became a Christian. No, 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 honey. No, 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 honey. Jesus did not come to change the mind of God. Jesus came to reveal the mind of God because God loves sinners and he wanted to make something good out of us. Look, look at Psalm 25. The Lord is good and upright, therefore he shows, what's the word? Sinners the way. Psalm 86. O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Now you think about it. If God wasn't good to sinners, who's he going to be good to? Because that's the only ones he's got. He has no choice. And folks, there was only truly one good person. And you know what we did to him? We crucified him. And you know what God did for us in the death of Jesus on the cross? You know what he did? He took all of our filth. Imagine all of our filth and all of our hypocrisy and all of our lust and all of our lying. And he put it on Jesus. And then God took all of Jesus' righteousness and put it on us so that we could stand before a holy God. <clears throat> and that's why we call the gospel the good news. God doesn't just do a good work for sinners. God does a good work in sinners. And God covers us with the righteousness of Jesus. The blood of Jesus washes away our sins. God sends the Holy Spirit to live within us. And we begin to change from the inside out. Right? Now, we try to look good on the outside, don't we? <laughs> we bathe it. We paint it. We dye it. We perfume it. We deodorize it. And when I came back after being in, wandering in the wilderness in Indiana for three years, God sent me there as a missionary. <laughs> uh, 
I would tell you a story, but I can't. Let me go on. Let me go on. Me go on. I was amazed when I came back at the number of physical fitness places in, in, in Florence and Boone County. It's amazing. So we exercise it. We don't look good on the outside. And we do all of that to it. And everything we do to the outside is temporary. But when God wants to make us look good, he does a character transformation from the inside out. And there are people all over this room who could stand and say, LD, I am exhibit A to what you said. I am not all that I was. I am not all that I am going to be. But thank God I am not what I used to be. See, God loves us just as we are. And then he takes us and he helps us then to become all that he wants us to to be. Look at, look at 2 Peter 1. For as you know him better and better, he will give you through his great power everything you need to, for living a truly good life. Even he shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. Wow. Folks, we are God's work of art. God is doing a good thing in our life. And just as God says to the unbelieving world, look at my creation. Yeah, look at my stars, look at the mountains, look at my oceans. But look at my kids. (laughs) Look at my kids. They declare my glory by the change that they have gone through. They declare my goodness because of the character transformation that they've gone through. Just look at my kids. And what God has started, he's going to finish Paul says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, we may not look like anything now, but when Jesus comes back, we are going to look good. One day, wrap your arms around this. One day we're going to be perfect. Can you imagine? We're going to be perfect, not on our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus. And one day, I'm going to stand before God, covered in the righteousness of Jesus. And God's going to look at me and say, L.D. Campbell, you are perfect. And I hope Mrs. Campbell is standing right behind me when he says it. (laughs) Because she won't believe it until God says it. She's not here today, so I can show off. (laughs) All right, let's do a little review. God makes everything good, amen? God makes good out of nothing. But God makes good out of sinners. But then, God makes good out of evil. God makes good out of evil. Now, folks, God's goodness does not protect us from the consequences of living in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. It is just as corrupt as we are. Nature is just as corrupt. It's waiting waiting to be made perfect, just like we're waiting to be made perfect. And because we live in a fallen world, we still get cancer. We still lose our jobs. We still have to work in our marriages. Parenting is difficult. 
and good people like I mentioned uh, the, other day, the other night when I preached. Good people like Bill and Peggy Stevens are still brutally mood- murdered in their own home. And there are more Christians, martyrs, being killed today for their faith than any time else. And life gets hard. And when life gets hard, I'm going to tell you, the devil is going to be there. And he's going to say to you, well, if your God is so good, why are you going through this bad stuff? Huh? Your God's not good. Look at you. And we have to reject that suggestion. I'm going to tell you, God will use people. God will even use good people to say that to you. Mrs. Job. Here is Job sitting in an ash heap, balls from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head, scraping them with a piece of broken pottery. And Mrs. Job gets down in his face and says, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Get it over with, Job. Curse God and die. And Job says... Well, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from God's hand and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Can you imagine that? See, God's goodness does not erase, it does not remove the bad stuff that a fallen world throws at us. But God's goodness exceeds those bad stuff. Now, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to listen to this statement. And maybe this is the only thing you need to take home with you today, if you're not a Christian. If you aren't a Christian, this is the only heaven you're going to have. Think about it. If you're not a Christian today, this is as good as it gets for you. This is as good as it gets. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian... This is the only hell that you're going to have. This is the only hell you're going to have. And I can assure you that on the promise of God's word. That the bad stuff in your life will not have the last word, Christian. Look at Romans 8. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Hmm. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now that verse does not say that the, thing, the bad things that happen to you are good. It does not say that at all. But it does say this, that before we were born, God planned that we would look like Jesus. And if we cooperate with him, if we would cooperate with him, God can take his children through the good stuff, the bad stuff, and come out on the other end. If we will let him, then we will look like Jesus. God will use everything in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to make you look more like Jesus. Because nobody does good like God. God looked down upon us miserable creatures. We had rebelled against his goodness. We were defiant in the face of his love. We were trapped in the curse of sin and death. And we deserved every evil that comes our way in life and in the next life. And this good God in his holy righteousness and his righteous holiness said enough. 
and he moved into the neighborhood, remember? (laughs) He moved into the neighborhood to live among us in flesh, in blood, in the brokenness of our sinful nature. God became the sinner who died on the cross so that you and I would know how good God is. In the movie Patton, General Omar Bradley tells General Patton that he may still have a crucial role in the invasion of Europe. The Allied forces were planning to storm the, te- the beaches of Normandy and try, try to end World War II. That was in the making. Now, General Patton was one of the best generals in World War II. He used to drive Eisenhower crazy. And Eisenhower told him one time, he said, Patton, if you weren't so good, I'd have fired you a long time ago. But Patton was so good. He was critical in winning the battle in Africa, the invasion of Sicily. But now he was back in England, called back. He was being disciplined. He was relieved of his duty. Because in a fit of rage in a field hospital, he slapped a soldier who was going through post-traumatic syndrome. And he slapped that kid and said he was a sissy. So he was called back. Patton thought his army career was over. And when Bradley told him there was still a possibility that he could be used for the invasion of Normandy, he could hardly contain himself. But Patton is told by Bradley. Bradley tells him, the decision is in the hands of General George Marshall, who at the time was the army chief of staff. Now, when Bradley told Patton that the decision would be made by George Marshall. Patton immediately calmed down. You could see his hands in the movie. You could see them relax. And Patton said this. General Marshall is a good man. At least he's a fair man. I'll let it sit with him. Now Patton based that on his knowledge of the character and the integrity of General George Marshall. He based that on how General George Marshall conducted himself in matters, all matters and decisions. General Marshall is a good man. He's a fair man. I'll let it sit with him. Now, I'm always looking for a sermon. And the sermon in there is this. The God we know, the God that we have seen in action in Jesus... The God who was hung on Calvary for us. And it was because of his death and his resurrection that we can gather this morning and say, He's good God. He's fair God. I let it sit with him. But what about the why questions? What about the why questions that torment us? Why? Why? In 2010... In 2013, at First Church, for months and months, we prayed for a beautiful little girl with brain cancer. And I can tell you, early in the morning when I would pray for her, there were many times I would ask, why, God? And I prayed for her parents as much as I prayed for her. Why, why, why? A few weeks before she died, 
her mother put an update on her care page and she gave me permission to use it. And this is what she said. She may be with us a few weeks, a few months, a few years. Who knows? It is our purpose to fill each day she has with love and joy. We will not submit her for a miserable existence. She will be wrapped in love and enjoy her days as a kid, not a patient. I know this sounds like we're waving a white flag, but it's not, but we're not. We have run out of medical options to fight the cancer. But our best asset has always been prayers to God. It is truly in His hands, and whatever His plan is, it will be. Those brave parents had got to the point where they could say, God is a good God. God is a fair God. It is truly in His hands. And whatever His plan is, it will be. In the face of the most perplexing question, why their little girl was dying of cancer, her mama and her daddy put their hope in a good God who came to us in Jesus, suffered and died under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And then on Easter morning conquered the death their little girl was facing. And they said, we'll let it sit with him. Yeah, we'll let it sit with him. Folks, to whom can we go if we can't wholly and completely trust this God to be good? Where can we go? What else does he have to do? And because God can take all the evil and make good out of it, we can say, yeah. I'll let it sit with him. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. And all God's people said. Will you pray with me, please? Will you bow your heads for a moment of silence, please? Before I pray... I I want you to take a moment and think about our good God. He makes everything that's good. (laughs) He makes good out of nothing. And He makes good out of sinners, just like us. And He makes good come out of some of the most evils that we experience. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to thank him for something good that he's recently done for you. Just one thing. I want you to get it in your mind right now. Be very specific about it. You got it? You got it? Now, I'm going to give you time to thank him for that good thing that he's done for you.
Father, you are a good God. And you're better to us than we realize. And we repent of not being more aware of your goodness to us. In the name of your Son, who is the resurrection and the life, we pray. And all God's people said,